Hello. 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 Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate Gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Yay! Hello! Now I can hear your lovely song. Huzzah! Huzzah! How are you? <sighs> I'm okay. Yeah? It's just been a long day at work. Ugh. Boo. Brewery, brewery work. Still gotcha. not doing uh, school work, although I've got a couple more weeks and then my summer class starts. Yay! Yay! And I, I heard you might have uh, had a little trip, vacation. Today. Oh, right. Yes, I was just camping. My brain's not working. <laughs> <laughs> I've used all my brain skills for the day, trying to figure out an issue with the machine at work. Yes, I just went camping with my mom, and it was fun. We had campfires, and we ate lots of food, and I sat and did nothing, mostly reading. What else great. did I do? I got the podcast done super early since the three days that I was out with my mom were generally the three days that I would normally be spending editing. Yeah, you're welcome, Patreon people. (laughs) I was proud of myself. (laughs) Don't expect it to happen again. (laughs) I do want to try to get better about getting it done earlier than just like the night before, but... Yeah, I used to used to be better about it, but that was also when we had a different release day. But anyway, right. anyway, it was good times, and now I think I still smell like smoke, even though I have for sure showered and wearing <laughs> clean clothes. But good times, awesome. What is going well with you, Kathy? What is going well with me? Well, mm-hmm. I got a giant balloon stormtrooper. That is fantastic. Yeah, from my boss. Oh, brought it into work yesterday because, uh, <laughs> as I might have mentioned, things have been terrible. They have been. <laughs> That's so, why I asked what's going well because yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't want to ask how Kathy is because I know. <laughs> yeah, I brought him home. He's hanging out protecting my Stargate table that also arrived recently. That's exciting. Yeah. Yes. Thanks to Multiverse Products, is yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got Stargate tables and also we're still waiting on our Star Trek coffee table. Yeah. Which is super exciting. They told us they're finishing it up and it will be on its way to us. Awesome. And then my my coworkers also delivered an, an edible arrangement to me today. Oh, nice. I love those. Yeah. Those delicious. So there's a bunch of fruit in my kitchen. Excellent. So that's Is nice. it covered in chocolate? The best kind of fruit? Some of it is covered in chocolate. Nice. Some of it is not. Oh. But that's okay. It will still be tasty just not you know as tasty true at least it's healthy yeah that's the fruit without the chocolate it's the most healthy thing i have eaten in quite a while because i've been eating a lot of fast food well with everything you've had going on yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) for sure you deserve some fast food and to not have to think about cooking yeah any of that there stuff that was the only other fun thing from yesterday. I was in the drive-thru at Dunkin' Donuts, and I got to the window, and the person in front of me had paid for my meal. Oh, yeah! So I that's paid. Awesome. Yeah, I paid for the person's behind me. It was like half as much as mine. Oh, nice! And then later for dinner, I went to McDonald's because that is my life: Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast, McDonald's for dinner. That's fair. Yeah, and. I was like, oh, this was really nice. Maybe I'll pay for the persons behind me. And so I asked the girl at the register and she starts laughing. She's like, it's a dollar seven. Like, oh, well, that's fine. I'll you do tried. That. Yeah. The thought was there. Anyway. Yeah. The thought was there. Yeah. That's what matters. Yeah. A dollar seven. What can you get? An ice cream cone. You can get an yeah. ice cream cone and for I think all of their coffees are still a dollar, no matter what size. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually like their coffee. It's surprisingly decent. Yeah, I would probably go so to McDonald's bad. for coffee before I would go to Dunkin' Donuts for coffee at this point. Yeah, well, I as mean... As weird as that is. I really wanted the hash browns at Dunkin' Donuts, so that's where really? I went. I, I would prefer the McDonald's Dun- the McDonald's hash browns also. Really? Mm. I love the Dunkin' Donuts ones 
They have such a good flavoring. They're good, but I like the McDonald's ones better. The McDonald's ones to me are too greasy, which is funny. They're both greasy. Which is why I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to me, the Dunkin' Donuts ones are too greasy because the the uh, McDonald's ones are all crispy and delicious. See, the last one I got a McDonald's one, it was mushy and greasy. And Dunkin' Donuts oh, is hit and miss in that that's regard. Disappointing. But yeah. Yeah. That's disappointing. Anyway, hash browns mm. are great. Hash browns are great. Highly recommend hash browns. Yeah. Even the mushy ones still taste good. So Very true. Yeah. I bet Daniel wished that he had some hash browns when he was lost. Uh, out in the, yes. Out in the woods. I agree. But instead, he had a, I don't know, energy bar or something. Yeah. Prefer, I mean, energy bars are fine, but I'd prefer a hash brown. Yeah, me too. The energy yeah. bar probably carries better, I suppose, but. True. Yeah. There is that, I suppose. I bet the Unas would like it better, too. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh, my God. Who? Who? What? <laughs> that said, what are we talking about today? <laughs> today, we are talking about Stargate SG-1, Season 4, Episode 8, The First Ones. Yay! Yay! Which is a direct reference to the Unas, anyway, from yes. how they describe themselves or how Darth yeah. Unas described them on... Samaria. The episode starts on a planet that is not Earth. Rothman and Daniel are there doing some digging. They call it an archaeological dig. I beg to differ. This is a paleontological dig, not <laughs> archaeological, because they are not digging up humans or human ancestors. Therefore, paleontology. Yeah. Yet, Daniel still calls it archaeological survey <laughs> when he's taking notes. You're wrong, Daniel. You're wrong. I bet Ken Fader would be on my side also. <laughs> Got to get him back here yeah. just for that. Yes. <laughs> anyway, they are looking at the fossils of primordial Guavold. They seem surprisingly large, at least based on the skeleton that they're looking at. It seems bigger than the the extant modern day versions. They think that this would have been before the Guawold had developed to require a host, and they're kind of coming up with some conjectures and hypotheses about what's going on here. And Rothman interrupts Daniel to say that they should name it Cleopatra. <laughs> Daniel is not pleased with that name. <laughs> Rothman doesn't care and is going to call her Cleo. They talk about testing the sample for Naquita levels. I didn't realize that the hagfish supposedly had Naquita incorporated into their biology, but... That's what they say. Well, I mean, how else would Sam end up with, like, traces or could sense it? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't think we ever really get an answer to that. But Daniel checks the sample and is surprised that there are no Naquita levels in this sample from the fossil, which I didn't understand why he would even be confused by that, because unless they specifically knew that the Naquita is incorporated into the skeleton but even then, we're talking about fossils that he says is like millions of years old. So it's not like you're going to be finding all the same ratios of elements or the same types of elements in a fossil that you're going to find in the living organism. But whatever. Daniel's not a paleontologist, so... No. He would not be normally working with fossils that are this old. We switch to another view from a bush there's a creature that's kind of looking out at them and we're seeing things from that creature's standpoint the lighting on the camera changes and we hear some heavy breathing as it's looking through the bush daniel and rothman are continuing with what they're doing then all of a sudden the creature runs up out of nowhere and attacks one guy manages to get a shot at it before it manages to run away with daniel (laughs) (laughs) And then in the background, we hear somebody calling Daniel's name Daniel! as Daniel is dragged off. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oops. <laughs> I don't know. Bye, Daniel. Never see him again. He never comes back. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Bye forever. After credits, we're on Earth and the gate is about to open. The activation was an unscheduled one. We hear Hammond in SG three quarters. <laughs> Meet Walter in the control room. This thing is still calling him Sergeant Davis. I don't Sergeant understand. Davis, weird. Yeah, so weird. Walter lets them know SG eleven is signaling. They open the iris. Sam is like Daniel's with them, isn't he? Like she doesn't know exactly where he is. Okay, Sam. 
that's just silly. But they're calling in early. They weren't expecting SG-11 to dial in for a couple of days. The gate opens. Rothman stumbles in out of breath and down the ramp. He heads. <laughs> Hammond's like, what happened? And Jack's like, where's your team? And Rothman's like, Loader's dead. And he said some sort of indigenous life form killed him. The team went after it because he stole Daniel. Yoink. <laughs> this was like a few hours ago. Jack's like, time for rescue, Hammond? And Hammond's like, yeah, cool. But Rothman has a surprise for them. He's like, if I had to guess, it was an Unas. <gasps> what? I know. Shocking. Yeah. Rothman takes a hit off his inhaler because we do need to be reminded he is the nerdiest nerd who ever nerded. Right. Yeah. Obviously. Jack's like, okay, so we're talking about a Gould with teeth and claws. And Tilk is like, actually, though, no, maybe not. Sam explains that Daniel believes that the planet they're on was the planet of origin for the Gould symbiotes. Tilk says... There may be other Unas there who have never been taken as hosts. Jack's like, still a big stinky monster. Cool, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Tilk says that these Unas will be more primitive and lack the regenerative powers of the Unas they've encountered before, which is, I think, a good thing, you know? Easier to kill. Generally, when someone's trying to kill you and they are not regenerative, that is better, yes. (laughs) Jack requests additional backup besides just SG three quarters, more guns, and they got to go now. So they head up to assemble. Back on the planet, Daniel wakes up, looks around. The Unas growls at him and he realizes that he's all tied up and he's got a rope that's leading from him to the Unas that the Unas can easily lead him to wherever it is that they're going. We get a better look at the Unas. He does have clothes. It, he, she, they, yeah, they have clothes. Know. Yeah. They give a tug to the rope so that Daniel will go with them. Back in the gate room, they send a UAV through to try to scope ahead and figure out what is going on. Jack gives a little speech to SG-1 and SG-2. They're bringing in the big guns with SG-1 and SG-2, not any of those lower number teams. <laughs> He talks about the fact that they're pressed for time. They know that Daniel Jackson was dragged off by a monster, as we've already established, and they need to find him, obviously. Search and rescue. They got to find him. Rothman rushes in and is angry and wants to know when exactly Jack was going to tell him when they were leaving, and Jack says he wasn't. Rothman looked a little surprised and disappointed, and I felt kind of bad for him. Yeah. But he gears up and goes with yeah. them anyway, even though he wasn't invited. So good for you, Rothman. Yeah, I was. Yeah, so he wasn't invited, but they didn't kick yeah. him out. <laughs> right. I mean, like, if you go to a party that you're not invited to, that's one thing. But if you're going on a rescue mission that you're not invited to because it's important to you, then yeah, I, I have respect for that, Rothman. Yeah. Yeah. So they go, Thank including you. Rothman. Yeah. Once they arrive on the planet, Jack deploys the people some people are gonna stay with the gate make sure it's secure why was the dhd so far from the gate i don't know sometimes that sometimes your dhd is just far away who knows it doesn't make any sense i was also thinking it's got to be really boring to be the people that are just sent to or that are just told to stay behind and watch the gate sometimes but then most of the time but yeah not always but most (laughs) of the time you're just standing around doing nothing true I figure that's probably kind of like how my day was today, where I was really bored most of the day. And I was like, that's not necessarily bad, though, because when I'm not bored, that means that the stupid machine is broken and I'm trying to fix it. (laughs) And so as I was sitting there bored, I'm like, I should stop thinking about how bored I am. And then the machine broke and I had to try to fix it. And I was no longer bored. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Long story short, sometimes being bored at work is better than the alternative. True. Thankfully, no one's shooting at me as I'm trying to fix the stupid machine. That would be something. Mm-hmm. That would be a strange job for you to keep going to. True. Because it's at a brewery. True. There should not be people shooting at you. <laughs> Agree. Yes. There is a level of danger to it, though, because it's a high pressure system. The guy whose job I took over had actually like almost taken his hand off with it. So there's a little yeah. bit of excitement and danger to yeah. it when I have to open the thing up. 
Woo. Unlike him, though, I turn off the power and depressurize it first. <laughs> and then I open it. <laughs> That's apparently not what he did. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Jack tries to contact SG-11 on the radio, but they do not get a response. Sam reports the UAV is still searching and has found nothing. And Teal'c is like, Daniel would have contacted us if he were able to. Jack thinks maybe they're all out of range. They're going to have to move on out. Yes, away from the Stargate. They're going to take Rothman with them, which that's nice. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that Jack didn't just make him be one of the people to stay behind at the gate. I know. He doesn't have a lot of patience for scientists generally. It took him a long time to warm up, I feel like, to Daniel. Right. And still he has his impatient moments. But yeah, he's going to let Rothman go. They're heading out, right? And one of the other guys, like, pushes Rothman like he wasn't going to go. Yeah. Rothman basically volunteered for this mission. I think he's going to go. Right. Don't treat him like he's just being lazy because he doesn't have to be there at all. And yeah, for sure was willing to go without being shoved. Yeah. So, yeah, they head out. Elsewhere in the woods, Daniel and the Unas are walking. Daniel is having trouble keeping up. He is very tired. Not to mention he's probably got a concussion, which they never address. He knows that the Unas can't understand him, and he even addresses the fact that the Unas can't understand him. But he keeps talking anyway and is trying to convince the Unas maybe rest time. Rest? (laughs) It means rest. (laughs) I actually thought this was pretty amusing, this whole scene. Especially when the Unas growls with him and Daniel's like, that's close. Try again. Rest. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty great. Yeah. (laughs) Nice job, Daniel. Yeah. Daniel is trying to figure out if this thing has any kind of language at all, even though it doesn't seem to from what he's seen yet but he figures it must have some level of intelligence because it has clothes on and it's wearing a necklace not to mention that it can tie a knot around his hands (laughs) yes (laughs) like they didn't even address that fact especially with those big fingernails he's got right exactly that takes a lot of skill and intelligence not to scar him up while he's tying that right yeah anyway (laughs) yeah after all of about two seconds that the Unas let Daniel rest after Daniel literally fell over, the Unas drags him back up and Daniel's like, ah, oh, that was great. Another 10 miles in me now. And that made me think about one false step where they were traversing 10 miles to and from the <laughs> gate multiple times <laughs> in one day. Times a day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. On foot. Right. Yeah. Yep. Props to you for uh, remembering the title of that episode because <laughs> I for sure wouldn't have, but... I do know which one you're talking about. I had to look it up. <laughs> I remembered what Fair. I was thinking about, but I couldn't remember specifically what it gotcha. was called. Okay. I feel less bad about my terrible memory yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> I cheated. <laughs> Back with SG Three Quarters and Company, Sam reports that they had a fairly strong radio signal for a second, but it's not there anymore and they can't do anything about it. Daniel or SG-11 tried to use their radio, they surmise. Yeah, it was an exciting scene. Yeah, they continue on. (laughs) They do. (laughs) Daniel and the Unas are continuing on. Daniel is continuing to try to explain to the Unas what rest is and indicate in some way that he needs rest. Finally, the Unas seems to get it and so stops to crouch down. And starts doing a kind of weird grunting, like repetitive grunt with its eyes closed. As it's crouched down on its haunches, Daniel's sitting next to it, trying to figure out what they're doing. He guesses maybe it's a meditation of some sort. Daniel quietly pulls out his recorder and starts taking some audible notes to himself as the Unas is doing its meditation or whatever it is. It seems to be getting impatient with him for (laughs) talking and making noise while the Unas is trying to focus. Rude. Right? Seriously. He keeps talking about how this seems to be an Unas, but looks undeveloped from the chin and facial horns. He guesses maybe that it's a subspecies or possibly even a juvenile. Daniel tries to figure out what the Unas is saying, and 
guesses that it's saying Shaka. And the Una stops and seems kind of amazed that Daniel was able to figure out what it's saying. Daniel keeps guessing, is it the moon? Or does it, what does it mean? That's basically this entire scene is just <laughs> Daniel continuing to try to guess what the Unas is saying as the Unas says random sounds. Then a UAV passes overhead. And the Unas is very unhappy to see that. Looks a bit scared. Daniel tries to explain that it's his friends looking for him. And that's that scene. Yeah. <laughs> the other group on the planet continues their walking. Jack is still trying to get in touch with SG-11, but no answer. And Sam says that the UIV will have run out of fuel by now. And then I thought, maybe you should have made it nuclear powered, eh? Right. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Marina Sirtis. Marina Sirtis has some good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Rothman helpfully adds, maybe an Unas got Hawkins, who is the leader of SG-11, I think. <laughs> That's nice. Yep. <laughs> That's the end of that scene. <laughs> yep. Daniel and Unas are walking by a lake. Daniel decides that he's really thirsty. He needs some water. He indicates to the Unas that he needs to go over and drink some water. And this is just gross because who knows what diseases are <laughs> in there. Yes, but if you're that thirsty, right? What are you going to do? Yeah, but, you know, then if you get the shits, then, <laughs> then you're in even more trouble than you were before. Fair. In any case, Daniel's going to go try to take a drink. The Unas is going to let him. He crouches down and tries to stick his face in it. And this is when I'm like, all right, so here's when the crocodile jumps out and takes Daniel's face off. (laughs) That's not what happened, though, because the Unas actually pulled Daniel back before he could get his face to the water. The Unas then tried to indicate to Daniel how he should cup the water and lift it up to his face. But Daniel gestured to the ropes around his hands, showing that that was not possible. The Unas gave him a little bit more slack so that he was able to use his hands to drink for some water. When he notices that the Unas isn't looking, he makes a run for it. The team reaches SG-11's camp and starts to look around. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That is it. Would you like to keep going? Sure. Daniel is still escaping the Unas. He realizes that the Unas does not like the water, doesn't want to be near it. So he backs into the water. And this is where I was thinking, maybe don't assume it can't swim and that's why it's afraid of the water. Maybe there's something terrible in there. Yeah. We kind of see it, I think, in the water. Something. Do we at this point? I don't know. I don't know. Or we. But I was assuming there must be something in there. Yeah, me too. Daniel, though, is like, cool, I'm just going to swim into this all the way with my hands tied. So he does some awkward (laughs) swimming. It is, but then I was also like, how does he not realize that (laughs) it's only 10 feet across and the Unas can run around? Yeah, which is what happens. (laughs) He seems surprised when the Unas was there. And, Which is why I'm laughing here yeah. to myself. Because I was like, what the hell is <laughs> happening? Yeah. So the Unas is waiting for him on the other side. Daniel yeah. stops and stays in the water. But then we do see there's something moving in the water. And it's coming at Daniel. Daniel's like, oh crap, okay, maybe the Unas had a point. Those are the shrieking eels. They always grow louder when they're about to feed on human flesh. So he gets out of the water... And then a hagfish jumps out of the water right at Daniel. But just in the nick of time, the Unas grabs it and rips it in half. (laughs) That was gross. And then to make it better, he takes half of the hagfish and smears it across Daniel's face. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a bunch of blue goo on Daniel. Yep. Yeah. It was gross. Yeah. And Daniel is rightfully disgusted. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I would not be pleased. The Unas keeps saying Kekka and Daniel's trying to figure out what that might mean. He figures out that Ka means no because Daniel tries to go back towards the water. (laughs) (laughs) 
why, who knows, but he did. <laughs> and Unos is like, no. <laughs> so the Unos knocks Daniel down. Daniel's like, cool, won't do that again. And they continue on their trek. They do. Back with the SG everybody's. Rothman is pointing out where Loder was killed and talking about what was happening earlier. Tilk says he appears to have been killed by a being of great strength. What we need is a great feat of strength. Au contraire, what we have is great strength of feet. They continue to talk about what was happening right before the attack and how it seemed to be completely unprovoked. So Jack sarcastically tells Rothman, well, I'm glad you came because apparently he doesn't think Rothman's being helpful enough. Tilk notices some footsteps on the ground and says that it confirms his idea that it must be an Unos. Jack wants to know if he can track it. And of course, because Tilk is awesome, he can track that thing. Hell yeah. Of course he can. Yeah. So they're going to go and track the Unos. All of a sudden, a soldier comes up to Jack, though, before they head out. And he has another soldier with him. We learn that this is Major Hawkins. And Major Hawkins was just staring into space when this soldier found him. Jack asks him where the rest of his men are, and he says that he knows that Sanchez is dead for sure, at least. But he doesn't know what happened after that. Everybody got split up. He's really kind of in a daze. I was wondering why Jack didn't even remotely try to check for a hagfish. Like, didn't look in his mouth for entry wounds, didn't check the back of his head. Don't know. (laughs) Sam tells him that they've been trying to contact him for hours, so a lot more time has passed than Hawkins even realized. And then Hawkins also seems pretty shocked and sad to realize that his men must all be dead. And everyone else is like, oh, yeah, unfortunately, that's probably the case. Jack is actually speaking to him very kindly and quietly. And he says that he knows that he's been through a lot. But unfortunately, he's going to have to stick with them, asks if he can do that because they can't go back to the gate right now. And Hawkins says that he'll do whatever Jack says. The UNAS drags Daniel into a cave. (laughs) yes would you like to keep going again sure sure sg everybody else (laughs) has been following the footprints that teal'c is tracking sam notices rothman looks a bit tired and thinks they all should rest jack thinks that's a good idea too so they're gonna rest they're gonna keep their boots on and not have a fire. And he's yeah. going to take first watch. Yep. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> In a cave somewhere, the Unas is roasting the hagfish over a fire. That's gross. But I guess it's better than Daniel being roasted over a fire because Daniel had actually mentioned before that he thought the Unas was going to eat him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daniel continues to try to make small talk with the Unas. Needless to say, it's not very successful. But Daniel does compliment him on having a nice cave. The Unas tries to get Daniel to eat the disgusting roasted hagfish and throws it at Daniel. Daniel says, ka, meaning no, and throws it back. And they then continue to just keep throwing it back and forth at each other. And both of them start smiling and laughing as they're doing this until Daniel just throws it into the fire. (laughs) The Unas, needless to say, was pretty pissed off about that until Daniel pulled out his energy bar that we were talking about earlier and takes a big bite out of it. The Unas seems very skeptical, but Daniel tells him, don't knock it till you tried it. (laughs) He gets the Unas to take a bite, and the Unas seems pretty pleased with how tasty it is. And then Daniel reminds us all of the movie and says that that's how he met his father-in-law. In the forest, people are resting. My beer is gone, and that's sad. That is sad. Do you want to go get one? I'll stop. No, it's fine. Okay. I can talk faster, though, so you can go have some more sooner. Hurry up through the entire second half of the episode here so that I can go get get more beer sooner. Oh, my God. The team is sitting there. Jack's having a conversation out in the open (laughs) while... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The SG other guys are resting. Jack whispers towards Rothman, I guess, to see if he's asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Rothman wakes up and he's like, what? And Jack wants to know if he's noticed anything weird about Hawkins <laughs> in a very silly way. Like That seems like it would go without saying. Yeah. <laughs> Rothman 
doesn't seem to <laughs> understand what Jack's asking, but it, ultimately he thinks Hawkins isn't acting any differently. Yes. I did like this scene where Jack just keeps coming up with different words for meaning strange and Rothman yeah. just keeps repeating them back to him questioningly. Yep. It's very funny. <laughs> different. Different. Odd. Odd. Rothman, though, admits humans aren't his thing. <laughs> I hear you, Rothman. <laughs> so he may not be the best person to ask. Yeah. He's like, I can tell you what a million-year-old fossil had for breakfast, but not people. People are too recent. Rothman lays back down. Sam has been awake for this listening in as well. She and Jack make eyes. That's not important. Anyway. <laughs> but what is important is that Hawkins was laying close enough to fucking hear all of this, and they didn't know if he was asleep or not. Good job, guys. <laughs> Seems pretty stupid, yeah. Yeah, his eyes open, they flash, so he's a hagfish. Yep. And, you know, Shocking. way to go, everyone in this scene, for keeping yeah. things secret. Yep. Back with Daniel and the Unas. They are still in the cave. Daniel's taking a look around and notices that there are drawings on the wall. From those drawings, he manages to figure that the Unas, if it is in fact a juvenile like he thought, is taking part in some sort of a rite of passage with his capture. He also manages to figure out that the Unas is probably wearing the weird bony necklace as a protective measure to keep hagfish from being able to penetrate his neck. Hmm. Yeah. So that means that these aboriginal unas, as he calls them, must have realized that they were being taken over by the hagfish. And so they probably live in these caves now as a source of refuge. Why would they would need to live in caves when the hagfish are confined to the water? I do not know, but that's what Daniel figures. For whatever reason, the unas goes up to Daniel scratches his face giving him a nice big cut on his face and then smears that blood on the wall next to a, drag a drawing of him pulling daniel around and daniel assumes that that must mean that he's been marked for death Otto. that's bad <laughs> yeah death marks not an easy thing to live with elsewhere the rest period has ended for everyone else tilk is staring into the water sam calls him back but before he heads out, he sort of senses and then actually that a gold is about to hop out of the water and try to get him. He just coolly turns the staff weapon on and shoots behind him and kills it. <laughs> it was well done, Teal'c. Right? I liked it. People come running because he fired a weapon. <laughs> yep. He tells them not to come closer. And to put their weapons down, because one or more of you maybe have become a host to a ghoul during your watch. Oops. And they're like, what? <laughs> Sam says she doesn't sense anything, but it looks like you might be the one. Huh. Hmm. Take that, Sam. Yeah. Teal'c explains these waters abound with hagfish. Yikes. And the water is there, like, bubbling, so I'm not yeah. sure why it was like, it's weird water, man. I thought that that was other hagfish eating the dead hagfish. Oh, maybe. That was the impression I got. Nice. Yeah. Well, not it's really. Not nice, gross. but yeah. <laughs> In real life, they would have waited until that hagfish had rotted, and then they would start eating it, because hagfish like to eat rotting food, and that is what makes them that much worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rothman objects that... The fossils they found are super old and they've been here for weeks, so what's he talking about? But then Teal's like, maybe you're the hagfish. And Rothman's like, I think I would know if there was a snake in my head, which doesn't make any sense, but okay. That seems like a weird <laughs> argument to say that because the fossils were millions of years old, there can't be any extant examples of the species yeah. here anymore. Because <laughs> that's for sure not yeah. the case yeah. <laughs> for a lot of beings. Yeah. <laughs> And species, like, I don't know, coelacanth. <laughs> no, no, they, that doesn't happen. Once you're a fossil, you're nothing. I don't know. No. All right. All, all the other of you just die. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm saying. It's fine. That's okay. I never know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I get paid to talk for a living. <laughs> <laughs> Rothman lets them know that they weren't able to find any Naquita 
in the fossils, so maybe that's why Sam can't sense all of these piles of hagfish hanging out in the water. Teal's had enough of... They do like to just lay in piles. (laughs) It's gross. gross. Teal's had enough of the talkie and is like, put your damn weapons down, people. (laughs) Sam comes to the conclusion that Teal is right. They gotta do what he says, all of them. So they put their weapons down. Sam asks, what about Daniel? And Teal's like, I can't trust any of you. (laughs) He's gonna head off and bring Daniel back himself. Jack's gonna tie everybody up. He's got zip ties. Yeah. And he's going to tie everybody and head on and out. And then Tilk is going to monitor Jack while he ties himself yeah. up or something. Or like Tilk that. will tie Jack yeah. up, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, They'll they're all, all going to sit around in zip ties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. And then Tilk's going to leave. Yeah. Yep. Tilk yeah. also lets them know there might be hagfish around at the Stargate. Yeah. Yes. Back in the cave, they're having a little nappy. Daniel wakes up and sees that the Unas is still asleep nearby, so he pulls his recorder back out and starts taking more notes to himself. The Unas wakes up as Daniel is talking, and Daniel realizes that the Unas's hand is injured. They've got some glowy blood coming out of it. Woo. So Daniel wants to try to help and wants to take a look at their hand, and that is it. Would you like to go on? <laughs> I suppose so. You don't have to. <laughs> Back out with SG everybody else. Tilk hasn't left just yet, but Jack is trying to convince him that Hawkins has to be the Guauld. Tilk says, well, just trust me. And he leaves anyway. Everybody is annoyed by the situation. Well, I can't even say everybody. Many are annoyed by the situation, but Sam and Jack seem to trust in Tilk and think that he's pretty much doing the right thing and that he didn't really have a choice. Back in the cave, Daniel is helping Unas with their hand and asks if the Unas knows the story of Androcles and the lion as he takes the bullet out of the Unas's hand. Do you know the story of Androcles and the lion? Did you look it up? I looked it up because I was like, I think I know this, but let me just double check. But yeah. Essentially, it doesn't the lion have a thorn in its paw. And so Androcles, the lion wants to eat him. Androcles takes the thorn out of the lion's paw. And then they're friends because he helped the lion or something. Or more to it than that. Well, there, I mean, obviously there's different iterations. There's one Uh. where he's a slave. He escapes. And then the lion's going to eat him. He saves him. They become good friends. But then Androcles is captured again, and it turns out the lion, he's punished to death by lion, and it turns out the lion is oh. the, uh, his friend. So okay. the lion doesn't I didn't know kill the whole story. him. And then whatever emperor or whoever is like so impressed by their friendship that Androcles is free, and the lion basically becomes his pet. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or or continues was, to be his friend anyway. I was going to say, I want a lion friend. A lion shouldn't be a pet, but I want a lion no. to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an image online of him on a leash, and I was like, oh, poor lion. Oh, don't put the lion on a leash. That's no. not what you would do to no. a friend. I'm going to start going everywhere with you on a leash, Kathy. <laughs> Anytime that we go someplace together, <laughs> I'm going to start leashing you, because apparently fine. that's what you do I with mean, your friends. Yeah, it'll prevent yeah. me from wandering off, so that's it's always true. a good thing. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Long story short, Daniel and Unas are bonding. Yep. Some Stockholm Syndrome going on here. Which, if anyone doesn't know what that means, that's when a captor bonds, or a, when a, an abductee bonds with their captor, essentially. Daniel keeps trying to reason with the Unas, saying that he passed up the chance to kill it, so maybe just let him go home? But the Unas isn't interested in that because he has no idea what Daniel is saying still but they continue on Daniel quickly writes something on one of the walls but the Unas gets pissed at whatever the delay is and yanks Daniel to come along SG everybody but Daniel and Teal'c are (laughs) hanging out on the ground with their zip ties Rothman's like this is ridiculous I'm not a gold. And Jack's like, well, why didn't you tell us? We could have straightened this whole thing out. <laughs> Hawkins is like, so which one of you is it? Who's the snake? Blah, blah, blah. 
Shouldn't but, everybody be suspecting Hawkins? How is no one suspecting Hawkins specifically? But it's okay because then Jack's like, anybody with a snake in their head, raise their hands. Hawkins <laughs> gets all eye glowy, rips his restraints off, and gets up. And he's like, damn it. <laughs> I thought like, it was damn. really funny, though, because as he ripped his restraints off in breaking the restraint, it looked like he was raising his hands. Yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I literally laughed out loud at that one. Yeah. <laughs> Jack starts shouting for Teal'c because now they're all stuck there zip-tied with one hagfish who's free, so that's fun. Yeah. And Hawkins is getting ready to take out Jack, but then, surprise, Teal'c really hasn't gone anywhere and shoots him with a staff weapon. Yay, Teal'c! Yay! Yay! Teal'c's like, I knew if there was a Gould, he'd be strong enough to free himself. And at this point, I was like, oh, so smart. But also, how do you know it's just the one, Teal'c? Yeah, yeah. good point. It seems like you had to wait long enough to make sure it was Hawkins wasn't the only one, which he didn't. He waited long enough for Hawkins to not kill Jack. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Teal'c says he's satisfied. But then when he goes to free Rothman, he notices Rothman's wrists have cuts where he's been struggling with the zip ties. Why would Rothman be doing that? Hmm. Mm. But Rothman gives it away then, and Glowy Eyes rips his bondings off as well. Knocks Teal'c over and takes his staff weapon. He shoots one of the other guys in... in... He didn't kill him, though. He just shoots him. Jack then gets his gun and shoots Rothman a bunch of times. Mm. Poor Rothman. I was sad. I liked Rothman. Bye, Rothman. Hmm. Yeah. Jack orders the injured guy to head back to the Stargate. He's going to take care of giving everyone a decent burial who's died. Yeah. Yeah. That seems weird. Not that that seems weird, but what seems weird is that they were talking about doing that when people have died on so many missions that they've been on in the last four years. I didn't know why they bothered mentioning it here when they've never mentioned it before that I can remember anyway. That's a good question. I don't know. Time filler? I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we need like 10 more seconds here, guys. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they're going to take care of that while the rest of them head on to find Daniel. Yeah. In the cave, the Unas continues to lead Daniel around. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Jack, Carter, and Teal'c make their way to a cave. Teal'c realizes that they must be pretty close behind They see the blood smear on the wall and that notice that it's still red. So that means that they must be really close. It was really red. It was very red. Yes. (laughs) They continue on. Tilk is leading the way and says that it must be this way. Chuck wants to know how he knew that. And Tilk points out where Daniel wrote this way (laughs) with an arrow. You're good. (laughs) Back with Daniel and the Unas, they've made their way to a cavern. There are other Unas there that we aren't seeing yet, but we're hearing their loud grunting noises. And there's a light coming from like a hallway and we can see big shadows of other Unas coming up. It's a very strangely lit scene. Yeah. Like I get that they're trying to make the Unas all scary by showing its silhouette first, but it was just weird. A big Unas comes up and approaches the Unas that has been with Daniel. And we realize that this Unas that Daniel's been with really is not all that big. And the Unas that has been hanging out with Daniel kind of makes itself smaller and cowers. It was sad. Yeah. (laughs) The team continues to follow Daniel. They start to be able to hear the Unas as well. End of scene. (laughs) Back with Daniel, the big dog Unas. <laughs> the big yes. Unas, yes. The, the leader Unas, yes. Starts to approach Daniel, but Daniel's young friend steps in front of him to explain, this is my friend, basically, is what I got out of this. Yeah, that's what it seemed to be. Yeah. The rest of SG-1 arrives then. Daniel gestures for them to not shoot anybody and tells them that. There we go. 
<laughs> Daniel tells them not to shoot. He does use words that yes. they understand since they speak the same language. <laughs> the big Unas notices them and yells, and then more Unas come. All the Unas. So many Unas. So many Unas. Algunas. Algunas. <laughs> I'm learning Spanish. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) But the youthful Unas, Daniel's friend, continues to try to reason with them. Daniel's explaining, this started out as a rite of passage, but now he's trying to make me part of his family instead of killing me. (laughs) (laughs) He says that they've communicated and they're friends. Yeah. I was like, wow, communicating with people does not make you their friend. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, I'd have way more friends because there are many people that I have communicated with. Many. So many. I would not consider friends. How many of them have you played Catch a Hagfish Head with, though? Oh, that's a good point. That's a very good point. I have not played Catch a Hagfish Head with anybody, I can safely say. (laughs) The scene's a little bit like, oh my god, they're all kind of like waiting, ready to do something because Eunice look like they're going to attack still. But Daniel does not want them, uh, SG-1, to respond to any of this because he's still trying to talk them all out of this. (laughs) But apparently that's not working. (laughs) (laughs) Then the big Unas approaches Daniel again to take him out, I'm guessing. And Daniel then says something in Unas. Oh, it surprises the man. The 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 man. The creature. It surprises the creature. It does. Daniel thinks he just asked him not to kill him, but he's not sure. So the big Unas then just attacks the younger Unas instead. And then aims for Daniel. Sam and Jack, though... Then take action and start shooting him. The big one then tries to attack Daniel again. Goodness. There's a lot of scuffling (laughs) here. But Daniel's friend has recovered from the attack and attacks Big Daddy Unas. (laughs) Big Daddy Unas. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, I like it. And because he's already been pre-shot... He is killed. Yep. The young Unas is about to become Daddy Unas. Small Daddy Unas? Small Daddy Unas, yeah. yeah. Then the Unas says Daniel's name, kind of. It does. Like, yeah, Daniel. it was weird. Yeah. He invites Daniel to join him and his <laughs> new clan, his new family. But Daniel's like, no, no, I have to go. Sorry. The Unas seems to understand this. So the Unas depart, says something that Daniel doesn't know, but he thinks he's been invited back to find out one day. And that's the end of the episode. It is. Kathy. Yes. Did you like the episode? I did. I mean, I was a little bit upset about them killing off Rothman. I don't know why. I mean, he was an annoying dude, but like... Uh, Yeah, and he was only in, like, two episodes, but I liked him, too, and I was also sad. (laughs) Yeah, so I was a little bit sad about that, but otherwise, Daniel was very fun. This was a very good Daniel episode. It was. He was very funny, very Daniel about the whole thing. You know, I liked that he was trying to communicate, and but also, like, still trying to do his job, where he, like, takes out his recording and is like, (laughs) if anybody ever finds this, do-do-do-do-do-do-do, here are my observations about this culture. And Yeah, he was being such a science nerd, (laughs) and I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, interesting to see that the hagfish come from somewhere mm-hmm. and that they seem to have come from the same planet the Unas was. So, in fact, when the Unas, Darth Unas, was like, we're the first one, he literally meant they are the first hosts of the gold. Because I think Tilk mentioned there were yeah. many species that could be hosts yeah, or had been tried as hosts. I just thought it was a good episode, like solid, entertaining how about you? <laughs> I did like it also. Yeah, it was kind of a light episode. There were a lot of funny parts to it. That's pretty much all I that's pretty much all yeah. I have to say. A lot of the stuff that you already said, like we were saying, it was actually a really good Daniel episode and I liked how nerdy he was being because even though he's like in this dire situation, he's still sciencing by <laughs> taking notes to leave for people in case he dies and can't report it himself. And 
it was really interesting to learn this extra backstory about the hagfish and the unas. Yeah. As I said, I do take issue with their inability to differentiate between paleontology and archaeology, but the general public at large, I guess, isn't very good at that either. So fine. fine. I think they have to call it archaeology or maybe they lose their jobs and mm. SGC would hire paleontologists instead. That's true. Yeah. Maybe Rothman and Daniel were just like, we really want to look at these hagfish. But if we call it paleontology, they're going to be like, oh, well, we need actual paleontologists. So maybe it boils down to just Hammond not knowing the difference and Daniel and Rothman being like, tee we pulled one over on him. (laughs) That'll be my headcanon. I like that That better. Sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what's next? Next, we were watching Stargate SG-1 Season 4, Episode 9, Scorched Earth. Mm, That sounds bad. Yeah, it doesn't sound great. Netflix says, Thanks to SG-1, a civilization known as the Ankarans have been transplanted from a gold slave planet to a safer, more hospitable world. Oh, they were talking about that at the beginning of the last episode. They sure were. So yeah. we got some follow-up on their like little side dialogue that had nothing to do with that episode. That's great. Right. Yeah. The booklet further says, After relocating an endangered civilization to a safe, in quotation marks, new planet, <laughs> the team, yeah, the team realizes <laughs> that another, that's in uh, italics, race of aliens is planning to incinerate the planet's surface to make it inhabitable for their own race. Oops. Will SG-1 be able to reason with the marauding aliens, or will their plans for interplanetary diplomacy go up in flames? Mm. Oh, up in flames. Well, somehow I seem to have lost Kathy, so I guess I'll just finish this on my own. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure that you subscribe if you haven't already done so, so that you can receive our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter. You can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can find us on our website, which is stargatesing.space. If you're feeling generous, you can find us over at patreon.com slash stargatesing, where you can contribute to the show financially to help us keep this thing going. I'm Mary. And you've been listening to Stargatesing. The end. The end. I totally got her. The team elsewhere reaches the camp they were at, or that the SG-11 was working out of. There we go. The team reaches... <laughs> the team reaches the camp that they were working from. The S- Oh my god! Words are hard. Yes. <laughs>